right. Keeping it real in real estate. This is podcast five. You said number five. 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 Wow. We are uh, we're racking these things up. And today we get on step and start watching these things. That's right. right. Today we've got Craig with us. What a special honor that is. So this is uh, this going to be very entertaining. We're going to start off again with our bad jokes. Me and Jeff have been practicing. I actually went home, looked in the mirror for like four hours straight, and just told jokes to myself so I could prepare for this moment right here. <laughs> so today, we're gonna, we're, <laughs> we really are. Um, so we're going to make Craig do this, even though he doesn't want to. And uh, we'll each do three, see who the winner is. Because Guac said you won the last time, even though I heavily disagree. Handily um, won that one. So now you start. All right. <clears throat> Losers all right. first. Look, look, he's already <laughs> counting victory. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. That wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> That was terrible. So the goal is not to laugh. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <clears throat> That's easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's going to beat us both because he's got like a straight poker face. Um, all right. How does a penguin build its house? It glues together. Jeff wanted to laugh at that one, but he, he held strong. You're doing, you're doing great. Look at this improvement. We're really improving here. All right. Um, kid went to his dad and said, Dad, make me a sandwich. Dad said, Poof, your sandwich. <sighs> All right. That was that was drastic <laughs> improvement. You want to go next or are you going to make Craig go? You're next, brother. Bring right. it on. <clears throat> so I'm reading this book on the history of glue. I can't put it down. That was good. <laughs> that was a good one. That was pretty good. <laughs> this one I like. So a duck walks into a pharmacy and says, Give me some chapstick and put it on my bill. I think I got a point. I think I got a point on that one. That was an internal. <laughs> I held on to that one. That was got the I had best some page. snorts coming out on that one. Man, you got the best page of jokes. That was pretty solid. This one's dumb, but why don't, why don't seagulls fly over the bay? Why? Because they'd be bagels. <laughs> That's so bad. Two points. That's so bad. <laughs> that was really bad. Oh, gosh. So I needed a, a new password for my computer this morning, setting the new one up. So I picked um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> there you go. That's so bad. <laughs> What did the daddy spider say to the baby spider? You're spending way too much time on the web. <laughs> a sandwich walks into a bar and the bartender says, sorry, we don't serve food here. All right, we're going to spare everybody any more right. than that. Jeez. <laughs> I think I lost again. I suck at this. More practice. All right. And if you don't like the jokes, you could blame it all on my pool. Yep. It's all my fault. And there we go. Um, so now moving into real estate. But we'll actually get into some real stuff here. So one of the, one of the big things that we've been really emphasizing here 
within our own brokerage, especially from a recruiting perspective, but in general, I know you guys have done it for years, is really focusing on personality types, getting people to understand what personality type they are, right, the DISC, the differences between those, and then using that information to actually put them in a position to succeed. And I know we have a lot of agents watching um, our content that are probably pretty interested in this because most brokerages and businesses, entrepreneurs in general, don't actually take the time to understand what their personality type is, what that means for them as an entrepreneur and a business owner, and then how to leverage that um, to, to be successful. So, you know, I just want you two can dive in since you've been doing it way longer than I have. I, uh, I got serious about it when I joined you guys and just realized how powerful, you know, that information was. Um, so I, how far back does this date? I mean, your dad, I know, obviously is a big proponent of it. Has, has this been something he's done for the entire 25 years that you guys have, have been in business? It's been a staple for quite a while, probably, I'd say probably 15 years from the I, personality I remember doing profile. It when we were with Diane Dobbins in Virginia. Yeah. That's when she started. Probably about 15. You know what it is, it's, it's really just sales. If you did any real sales work anywhere, like IBM, yep. their salespeople are trained to get along with people. And how do you get along with somebody you don't know? Yeah. You got to figure it out. Right. So they train the, the DICS personality stuff. So we just started reintroducing sales into the real estate business because most real estate people don't sell. And the goal behind selling is to make the customer feel comfortable. And Jeff does an amazing job explaining how you know, we got to go to neutral, identify what they are, and treat them the way they want to be treated. And that's just the, the right thing to do in a sales situation. The, the fun, interesting thing about that is everybody inherently does this, right? But they, in sales, for some reason, people think they need to transform into something other than who they really are. Now you can do a little girl. And that makes again. a big, big, I know I can I'll talk about that. But everybody has this. So it, it's called, related. I was, I was interviewing a guy a couple of days ago um, over at the beach coming to work for us. And, you know, you just learned how to relate to everybody. And this particular guy was a single guy. And um, so what we were kind of relating this to, I said, look, you're a single guy. You like to talk to people, and you like to talk to different women. And it's a little sales process. I said, if you're going to go meet somebody to try to get a potential mate, right? You're never going to get anywhere. They're never going to trust you unless you're actually trustworthy, right? So you don't even realize what you're doing, but you're actually relating to their world. And some people you relate to, some people you don't. Some people reject you. Right, if you want to quote unquote call it rejection, but the only reason they reject you is because you're not like them and they don't feel comfortable with you, so you won't go away. So, so over time, trial and error and being shot down or not shot down, you figure out over time that you need to relate to people a little bit better. And if you can relate with them, they'll trust you. And if they trust you, then you're going to have a better relationship. Right? Yeah. And that goes from that extreme example of a guy talking to somebody at a bar that goes to a financial planner trying to get the trust of a customer to, to fork over assets to them, that goes to real estate for somebody planning the highest, most expensive real financial transaction their whole life, right? They yeah. better trust somebody. So when we go through our sales trainings, and Craig and I, we've got our university starting next week again, we spend a lot of time on this because if you can't learn to react to somebody's comfort level and earn their trust, you're dead. And here's the scary part is how much time does it take? By the time somebody meets you, the first second they lay eyes on you, you're right? Being judged. You're being yeah. judged, you're being no, categorized, no, you're being opinion. just put into a bucket, 
and it takes seven seconds. So the scary part about this business is the minute somebody sees you, it takes the first seven seconds, right? That goes by. It's one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, done. They either know they're going to hire you or they don't. And it really happens at that level from an instinctual, emotional context. And then that's the sale. Now there's a bunch of logic stacks behind that to prove that you're worthy of that, of that relationship, but you're granted the access, if you will, yeah. in the first seven seconds of meeting. And that's, that's a skill that some people have kind of inherently, they've earned it, and but a lot of people aren't aware yet that they have that in them. And that's why most people don't do much business because they're not aware. And some who are crushing it are very aware. No, that makes sense from, I totally get that from a sales perspective, right? And being able to, if you understand the personality profiles, then you can pretty easily, after you practice it for a while, determine what personality type you're talking to and mm -hmm. try and you know, alter your message or how you're communicating with that individual to suit them best, right? right? Which is what we do on the recruiting side. It's mm -hmm. why, you know, for any of you who have looked at our recruiting site, we send you through, you answer 18 questions, that determines your personality type, and then we customize the information to you based on that personality type right. so that we're communicating with them in the way that they want to be communicated with best. However, I also think that heavily translates into them building their own business, right? You take a look at our brokerage, you and Craig have different personalities that you each have leveraged of each other, and, and obviously the other rest of the management team around you, but you've leveraged those different personalities to succeed in different ways, right? You spending a lot of time on Excel spreadsheets probably wouldn't put the brokerage in the best position to succeed. Not that you couldn't do it, no, right? I would hate it. You're yeah. a smart guy, yeah. but you're not gonna enjoy doing it, right? right? Whereas you're, you love it, right? So I think for Sally sitting in a Coldwell Banker brokerage who's not talking about this, what advice can we give her that is going to allow her to take a look at herself and get her to be a little bit more self-aware and then structure her business to actually be successful by understanding what she enjoys, what she's good at. Because that's the other thing. I think some people enjoy doing things that they're not very good at. We gotta try and get them out of that mindset that you spending five minutes doing something that you suck at is a bad idea, right? Yep. So how do we do that? What, what would be your both? What would be your advice to, to her if she's sitting there, you know, trying to figure herself out? Well, I'll jump in and start on this one. So the we we operate the company off of something called the art of real estate, right? The art of real estate is just kind of our blueprint for how we can make sure agents become successful and we stay successful as a company. So the first step in art of real estate is know your strengths, right? Or call it understand self-awareness. And I think we were just talking about that at the sales meeting here this morning in the Tampa office. And you've got to really understand your strengths because you guys, you're born with your gifts, right? You're, you're born with your DNA, um, wherever that comes from, who knows? But you, you come into this world from with your tribal upbringing, who, who brings you around, you evolve into being you, and it's awesome. The way that you are, just embrace it and love it, and don't try to be something that you're not, right? Because you're not gonna be good at the stuff you're not good at. You can fake it for a little while and do it, but you're gonna hate it, you're not gonna enjoy it, it's gonna eventually suck, right, mm -hmm. as an out output, and so you're just gonna frustrate yourself and everybody around you by trying not to embrace what you're not, right? So if you really know that you're not good at the analytics or you hate the analytics even though you could be good at it, why waste your time doing analytics when there's somebody that can help you do the analytics yeah. when your strength is actually going to talk to people I was talking to going over agents this morning and we were joking around saying 
if I had a spreadsheet that needed to be done, you are the last person on the planet I would ever ask to do this for me. And that's not a slam or an insult. Yeah. That's a self-awareness reality yeah. because she would, first of all, hate to have that task, right? But if I had a promotion that I needed to get the word out to people face-to-face, door-to-door, there's nobody in the planet I would ask to do that other than her because that's just her, her strength that's given to her. So I think that's the issue that I see is sometimes people aren't willing to accept their strengths or their weaknesses because they think of them as weaknesses. So I'd like to undo that word and just say it's, it's, it's not your number one talent, right? So let's find out what your number one talent is and focus and fine tune and polish that well, up. I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I think it's also a cop-out. You know, we are salespeople. Remember yep. the chameleonaire? Chameleonaire? Yep. Yep. When you identify that, I identify that I am an analytical controller. Right. Right? I'm not very fun-loving. Right. Right? But sometimes I have to act that way. Right. Right? So it's kind of a cop When you're a salesperson, if you're only going to get along with people that you like, then you're not going to do very much business. Yep, you're right. So if you learn as a salesperson to modify the way you, you're not, your customer's not going to adapt to deal with you, but you can adapt to deal with your customer. Right. So if I'm hanging out with Mike, I better turn on the fun side of me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because if not, he's not going to want to hang out with me very much. Right. Well, that's true. That's from a, from a personality now, standpoint. You yeah. can adjust. But, but that, that's on the sales side. How would you, so using that same example, right? You're an analytical person. How would you structure your business, which you've done, right? I don't, whether you meant to or not, and I'm sure that you did, to be successful, I think you realize that, all right, I'm very good at this, but if I want the brokerage to be successful, then I have to have people around me that are good at these things. Which is why you <laughs> right. made the move. Right, but I want to give context to them because that's where I think most people drop. You know, it's very interesting to me. I think about this a lot, maybe because I came I'm newer to the real estate industry. But it baffles me how agents complain about splits, right? And here's why. <laughs> they don't do enough transactions as, as, as a matter. Well, no, but here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, they're an entrepreneur. This is their business, right? I own other businesses as well. I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my entire life. As an entrepreneur in any other industry, if you came to me and said, listen, you're really good at this creative stuff over here. You go do that, and I'll do all of this stuff over here. And I'll only get paid when you sell something, right? Sign me up. I would give them equity. I would give them whatever I needed, right? That's really not possible in any industry. Right. Then you enter real estate, right? We, you have, as an agent, you have a broker, if they're doing their job, right? Now, some of them, for those out there, they may not be doing this job, and you have to do a gut check to realize whether you have the right business partner or not, and that's a whole different conversation. But when you come into real estate, you have a brokerage, with us at least, that says, hey, you're really good at this. So first, we identify what they're good at. And then we say, you go do that, and we'll do all these 400 things over here, and we'll get paid when you get paid. You go sell something, then we'll all take an equitable split. Right. And they complain about it. Baffles me. So just from a personality perspective, you're living proof of it. To be successful, had you gone into the brokerage business and said, I'm an analytical person, but I believe that I can do all these things and I don't really need Jeff to be involved and I don't need creative people on my team and I'm, I'm good. I mean, where do you think you'd be today? I, I doubt as successful as, as you are. No, right? Everybody's got a very valuable part. Yeah, so I think as an agent building their business, it's really important to understand and align yourself with a broker or a team or someone around you that is going to fill those gaps 
it's something we work with our agents on heavily is to try and put them on a team if they need it and, and align them appropriately, right? I think, yeah, digging deeper in the self-awareness thing, I think it's also a, a needed gut check for the agents to figure out what kind of agent do you want to be, right? And stop pretending that you want to be something that you really don't want to be, right? Yep. So, for example, let's say you're, I, I have, this morning we were calling it, are you a hobbyist? Are you a career-minded agent? Or are you an entrepreneur, right? And a hobbyist, and we love all three. And let's just be self-aware and real about which one you are. And if you're happy making three or four, five deals a year, and you're bringing in the next 25, 20, 30 grand into the household, and you can pay for a vacation, and you're happy, it puts a big-ass smile on your face, we love you, that's great. But don't pretend you're an entrepreneur if you're really somebody who's happy doing three or four deals. We love you anyway. But yeah. stop, stop putting pressure on yourself that you're not doing 12 to 15 or 20 because you're happy doing five, and that's great. Or if you're a career person that says, hey, look, I need to make 75 grand or 100 grand a year to support this family, right? Then that's a whole different mindset needed. And you've got to be aware that you can't act like a, a hobbyist can F around, right? Whatever they want to go do, like that sensor. And um, to be a little bit nicer, right? it's an easier business plan. Three or four deals, you you can go hang out at the networking sessions and the happy hours and bump around and go to birthday parties and do three or four or five deals a year. It's not hard. But don't pretend that you're a full-time agent and complain that you're not making 100. And if you're doing 100, you know what you have to do to to make 100 grand a year is you got to pull three or four deals a month down. And that's a different deal. Or if you're an entrepreneur and you say, you know what, I'm going to crush it with half a million or a million bucks, two million bucks a year, you can absolutely do that too. So it's the gut check of self-awareness. Now, if you don't have the outgoing personality and don't like talking to people and you don't have a big sphere of influence, you're not from the area, you can't trick yourself into thinking you're going to make 500,000 bucks this year, right? So that's the self-awareness part. Well, and are you going to map your behavior to it? Right. There's right. a lot of people, you know, I would love to go make a million dollars a year. Right. I could go get my license. I'm already attached to a brokerage. Right. Mm-hmm. I could go do it. The problem is I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm not willing to give things up that I would need to give up to be able to do that. Right. I want to coach both my kids in baseball. Right. I want to be at home at six o'clock at night. I don't want to have to spend all day doing showings on Saturday and Sunday. Right, so I just think that if those out there be realistic about what those goals are and map your behavior to them. If you want to go do two million dollars a year, you absolutely can. To your point, you can try out. But you're going to yeah. give up things, right? You're not going to work twenty hours a week, thirty hours a week, forty yeah. hours a week, and accomplish that in real estate. You're just not, right? So you just have to be self aware enough to know: Are you going to put in the work? Are you going to map your ambition to your mouth? Right. And, and for most people, the answer is no, and that's okay too. But then let's be realistic about what you are going to do, and, then, and that's where we come in too is to say, okay, what are you willing to do? What are you good at? And then this is likely going to be the result of that, right. and is that okay? I think it's also a lot more um, common to find the agent that's making 40 or 50 mm-hmm. that in their brain thinks they should be making 100, yep. right? And that's that's a, a realistic issue that we hear all the time. I mean, the industry's full of people making 30, 40 grand a year, right? There's a handful making more than that, but it's, it's pretty easy um, to get to the 30, 40 level if you're just around with your name tag on, right? Well, pretty and those are the people you see hopping from brokerage to brokerage because it's not their fault. They think it's the brokerage. It's not their work ethic. It's the broker's fault. So what happens to, if you're making 40 grand a year right now, 
there's a big difference from a 40 grand to 100 grand a year. Um, not just the money, but the actual activities yep. that, yeah. that, that go behind that. And it starts with the self-awareness. Like maybe you're trying to do things that you're really just not that good at. Yeah. Right? And maybe you're not honest with yourself about you're not willing to put in the hours that it takes to make 100. And then when you're really honest with yourself, do you really need 100? Yep. Right, unless you know what you're going to do with a hundred, there's no reason to ever get it. Because if you're happy and you're used, to, you're used to making forty-five, right? Keep making forty-five until you get that burning hunger that says, "Screw it, I want a different lifestyle." Well, one thing about this business is your business pretty much goes up automatically every year if you just stay in touch with your best clients. Yeah, follow yeah. up. Yeah, the agent that does right. ten deals this year is likely going to do twelve or thirteen next year. Yeah, yes, yeah. twenty thirty percent increase just because they got more people in their in their right. in their tribe. Just if, doing that activity. And if they and then follow they do 15 up. or 16. And if they, they follow up and, and do what they're supposed to do. Right. But that's lazy growth. I mean, if you did 10 deals your first year, and you, you could do 20 or 30 deals your second year, but you're going to have to do different activities. Right. Yeah, you, you got to do something different. That's the other part of awareness is what are you going to be good at? Because there are some people that, and we were talking this morning again, I said, look, everything works, right? Everything, everything. You can be a master at paying Zillow a couple grand a month, and you'll get buyer leads, and you'll close deals. You could be a master at just doing for sale by owners, just for sale by owners, never touch a buyer or anybody else, yeah. and just work your entire county for sale by owners and you can make a very nice living. Yeah. You could just do expired listings. You could just do door-to-door -door farming in your neighborhood. You could just do Facebook. You could just do Instagram. All of them work, right? True? Yeah. So the 100%. problem is everybody does a little bit of something. They're never good at anything. So you got to figure out what is your thing with being self-aware that if you're don't speak well, and you're afraid to be on camera, don't do that, right? And if you're really afraid of going knocking on doors, don't knock on doors, yep. right? Find something else that you actually enjoy doing and then but do it, but go 100% and that's why our, our art of real estate works, I think. Right. One of the reasons is you focus on the quarter, just do it, master. Yeah, because yeah. the now, big picture is too scary and it's too unattainable because there's too many question marks of how do you get there. But if you zero in on what am I gonna do over these next 90 days, and then chunk that down even further to what am I going to do this month? And if I know I need to put a million dollars under contract this month, that's only $250,000 a week. If I'm right, working at a $250 neighborhood, right? then you could say, okay, now this week, I need to find one person to do something. I don't care if it's a buyer or a seller. We'll talk about that in a second. But how do I, now I know I have to find one person. And then I could say, okay, I've got 1,200 paths I can run down to find one person. Let me go down one. And then yep. by human nature, you should go down the path of least resistance first. Well, that just drives me crazy because let's say you set out to find one person this week and you don't find them on Monday. Do you give up or do you go do it again on Tuesday? Depends on your drive. Exactly. But that's when you break that down, you don't want to do the whole thing about, you know, do it. 52 transactions a year. If you did one buyer or seller a week, yep. right? That's, that's 52. That's a job. I mean, it's kind of pathetic that you have a full-time job and you can't sell one item a week. Could you find, here's, let's, put, let's pose that question. If you had nothing else to do, exactly. and you had all seven days available to you, because as an entrepreneur, guys, you're working whenever you need to work to get to that lifestyle. <laughs> Could that you, you find one qualified and motivated buyer or seller in a week? How many listings With do you think will go on the market? To you? How many new listings do you think will come on the market this week in the Tampa Bay DMA? 300. At least 500, probably at least 500 properties. How many buyers do you think will go under contract that bought something? Well, we're selling 3,000 a month, so 
Yeah. Just That's company one. Probably 700 buyers, yeah. 500 listings, the way that market trends yeah. are. So there's 1,200 people that are going to do something this yeah. week. This week. All you got to do is find one. And let's be, let's be simplistic about it for a second. Well, let's also be real about it. Yeah. Because finding the one this week kind of leads you to believe you're going to make a sale this week. It's not. Yep. You're going to find a prospect this week, and the prospect's going to stub their toe, and their kid's going to have to go to the performance at school, and yep. their dog's going to have a heart attack or something, and they're not ready yet. Yep. So finding one. A real one. A real one is probably, you know, I think on average we call it a seven callback. It'll be seven weeks until they're ready to go to contract. Yeah. Okay. So I think when I interview, I make it a real strong point to say, look, you know, I can get you to find customers right now. Yep. But you're not going to have any cash in your pocket for 60 days. Right. You need to support yourself yeah. until that happens. So anyway, so by 52 weeks a year, just for fun, let's give you 12 weeks off. So that's 12 weeks, yes. Yeah, there's three lot. months off on your yeah, first year of your business, by the yeah. way. So, but there's some ramp-up time in there. Yeah. yeah. So if you do 40 transactions, we figure what average paycheck's about 6000 bucks right. times 40 transactions, that's $240,000 a year. I just found an article I shared at training the other day of what it takes to be rich in different markets around the state. In Tampa Bay, you know what it takes to be rich? No. The definition of rich is twice the median income for the county. Right. Okay. In Tampa Bay, it's $111,000 a year, and you're considered rich. Right. Wow. So this person, just doing 40 transactions a year, is more than double a rich <laughs> Making person. over a quarter million bucks yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah and for, and for 90% a, of the, uh, America, that would be a, very, a great living. But, you know, Gary Vee hits on this a lot in his videos, and, and he's absolutely right. The expectations, see, what you've done in that interview is set the right expectation and trying to instill patience, right? Because patience is like the killer, I think, of most people in any industry, any business. But Gary Vee hits on it a lot that the expectation of entrepreneurs in general is so out of line. Like most people think that the million dollar mark is like their entry point. Like, oh, I need to make a million dollars. The top two percent in America make four hundred grand. Right. That's far cry. That's a half. That's right. over half, right? So, like, I think that is a, a big a mindset shift that you know two hundred forty thousand for most people is a lot of money. But that's if you a if nice. You, that's, that's a, a great. Yeah, it's a great lifestyle. But if you put that in front of most, like, if we were just sitting here talking to most agents, and you're like, yeah, we can teach you how to make two forty, and they're mine. They're like, oh, it's not enough. Right? Why? Because we want to buy stuff. Yeah, because the expectation, I think a million dollar listings and HGTV and all yeah, that stuff really created, have messed up expectations they've created too. created this yeah. falseness, and, and we love those shows, but they've created a falseness. Go back to this for a second, because in, in the example Craig's doing right there, you've got 40 deals, right? So that's 40 people throughout the year you're going you're gonna to end up doing. Yep. So that's out of 365 days a year, right? You've got 315 <laughs> days you're doing nothing really crappy days <laughs> right yep. that you could strike out completely yeah right so that's that's the thing so that's what 40 deals and 12 so you got that's some three and a half four deals and so that's a deal a week i want to find somebody to take us up on a challenge and say i'm going to prove that i can find one qualified and or motivated buyer or seller every week for quarter three, as it comes up, yeah, and we've got that agents. Be a challenge we should we do. Can do that. We've got a, we've got a lot of agents doing that. We can do that, and if you're not watching, a lot, we've got some if, agents. If you're watching that. and you're an agent, challenge has been Take set. The challenge. Right, take the challenge. See if you can do it for your brokerage. Now, to that point, though, here's what I would ask. 
right? And you two can, can completely correct me if I'm wrong. From my perspective, though, the other thing of this, and this goes for any business, right, that's growing, is when you set the goals, then you have to sit back and say, do I have the foundation around me to actually support and execute the goal, yeah. right? Because 40 transactions, that's a it's very producer. doable, but that's a lot, that's right? A lot. There's a lot that comes with that. Well, that's really so you want to work in a place like us. Right, so if you're at a Charles Ruddenberg, right, that's 100%, and we're not, we're not bashing any, any brokerage, but... It's just a, it's a gut check to make sure that before you go out and do all of this, you've got foundation around you. So if you're at 100% brokerage, whether it's Charles Rundberg or somewhere else, right, where they're giving you basically nothing because they can't, right? So you're you're required to do all of these tasks, and, and every agent knows there's about four or five hundred tasks that have to get done from the time before a deal is done, right? If you're doing all of those, who's doing them? Because there's zero chance that you're doing it by yourself. At, at 40 transactions yeah. a year. So I just, you know, if you're out there watching and you're like, yeah, I could go do 40 before you take the challenge, take a gut check too because, you know, there are reasons that we as a brokerage offer all the services we offer because with us, realistically, an agent could say, go out, get a deal, hand it off to one of our PAs and our, our compliance group, go do it again, and they handle everything, right? right? So realistically with us, 40 transactions is very doable because we put the structure and right. our partnership around there. So look at your brokerage. That's not that's not a ploy to go leave your brokerage and come to us. If you're looking, we're happy to chat. But you do de- you do need to do a gut check with with your surrounding team. And make sure you have the support. Let's, let's talk about something about that because 40 transactions. Let's talk about what a transaction is, right? Because there's two different types. There's the listing side, and then there's the buyer side. And so, it, yeah, it, the challenge is to find one buyer or seller a week. Right. And that presumes that the seller is actually going to close. Right. Or the buyer is actually going to close. And it's a whole different mentality when you're working with listings versus when you're working with buyers, right? So, my personal belief from growing up is that listings is a much better way to control your life, right? And control your income because you can choose who you list. Well, Dad always told us when you have the listing, everybody works for you. Yeah. When you work with buyers, you work for everybody else. That's right. That's right. You have the inventory. It's we believe it's our obligation to have the inventory in the market, so every other agent has stuff to go sell, right? So that's kind of from a brokerage perspective. Yeah. That's what we want to make sure that we do. But from a from a mindset perspective, let's say that you're a a mom, right? Mm-hmm. As an example, and you've got kids, and you take them to school, and you pick them up. You've got a limited time that's free, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Or if you're somebody somebody else with limitations on their schedule, taking care of a parent or whatever it is. You've got a certain number of hours a day that are de- you can dedicate to this new career, and that's it, because you have other stuff that you need to take care of. Yeah. So if you have that, there's no way to do that many transactions. You can do 40 deals a year working with buyers if you are mom dropping kids off and picking them up from school, right? It's just an impossibility from a reality. You have to have a partner to refer your... Right, and then you're going to split your income down. You're not going to make that much, but you could do it on the listing side if you got smart and really focused in on who is next to put their property on the market, and you just built that pipeline of people and to find out who you can help. And yep. it's all about a pipeline and who is ready. Because guys, you got to remember if you're watching this business is simple, but it's not easy, as we always say. But it's it's a it's a long term pipeline. Nobody ever wants to move. It's the most painful, terrible miserable experience in most people's lives. You're uprooting your, literally your entire life, putting into boxes 
and replanting somewhere now around new people you don't know who they are, the stress, anxiety, and comfortable aspects of it, it's terrible. So everybody does everything in their world to postpone doing what we rely on for our business. So we're at a last step and a bunch of angst steps in their world to finally decide to sell their house. So just know that if everyone's not happily saying, I need to move, right, that's why. So our job is saying, who has something in life coming up, right, that may require a real estate move? And the thought process on selling happens way before the sign goes up in the yard. So our job as an industry is to find people early on in the process and say, how can I help you, man? What's going on in your world? And Recognize the pain they're going through. And I'm here to help you. And you can't push, you can't talk, you can't speed up the process. You just have to be there while they're getting ready, going through that moment in time. And then we're joking this morning with one of the girls who came in the meeting. I said, quick, my mom's coming over today. She needs a hairstylist. Who should she use? And she popped up, you need to talk to Terry, right? And why Terry? Because she's good, right? So there's the referral, top of mind awareness. So our whole job in that moment, the husband and wife or whatever the situation is, is going to be having dinner one night and say, that's it, we can't wait any longer, we're putting it on the market, and they blink. And when they blink, they do a search in their brain, who should we hire, and a picture pops up. And it's gonna be you, or it's not gonna be you, depending on how well you've done your job. Yeah, and for our agents that are listening, it better be you. So that's right. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Let's, let's discuss that, because I think that's, a, that's 100% right. And so I think the question that most agents are gonna ask themselves is, that's great, how do I do it, right? My perspective is, and it's probably different than your both of yours, um, maybe not, but my perspective is it's all about the focus on bringing value instead of the sale, right? So, so many people are so focused on they want to talk to John, but they only want to talk to John if John's thinking about moving in the next three weeks, right, um, or tomorrow. And by that point, it's too late. My perspective and what we push very heavily on our agents and the ones that have started to adapt are, are finding success in and it, again it comes back to you got to have patience you got to you got to be willing to commit to it but you have to find a way in the way that self-awareness right back to how you communicate the best whether it's audio whether it's video whether it's you know text whatever it is and start bringing value to your marketplace every single day and if you do that when John decides that he's it's time to go you know move and he's sitting there at dinner with his wife and he's seen you pop into his new feed constantly giving market updates and talking about the industry and everything who do you think john's going to naturally call first that's top right? of mind you're going to be top of mind because you've been bringing him value and asking for absolutely nothing but it's right? consistent application that consistent where application that's right. right and, and you can't be consistent on everything yeah, that's no. why you got to pick that niche and roll with it. Yeah, it, it's impossible. Don't don't go out and try and start a Facebook, YouTube channel, and, and all this all at once. And a Facebook, right? A Facebook campaign, and then, yeah, an Inspire campaign. Don't do it. Pick your niche. Figure out, right? Take it. Take a step back. Figure out what you're really good at. Patience. And then be patient, but go all in on it. And don't be mad if four people watching you don't get a call. But it, you know, watch what we're doing, right? As B three, you're listening to this podcast. Look at what we're doing, right? We're creating content. Now, we have the, the scale to be able to create content and deploy it out in many different ways. So mm-hmm. we can you know, deploy out on Facebook and we can go on Instagram and we can deploy a podcast. We can do all of that. But if you're an agent and it's just you 
Don't try and do all that, but look at why we're doing it. We're doing it because we know that that's where the attention is, mm -hmm. right? And we know that if we bring enough value on a regular basis, when someone does decide to leave their brokerage, we're they'll probably going to be sell. top of mind. Or <laughs> consumer side, they're going to buy or sell. We've been bringing so much value that eventually it'll come full circle and they'll think of us. Well, Dad always says, if you help enough people get what they want, you never have to worry about money for the rest of your life, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a instilled value. get everything you want value. in life if you help enough other people get what they want. There you yeah. go. So all we do is, you know... You so what's frustrating is most people don't know what they want. Right. They want a lot of money, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's not enough. you got to figure it out. So, But the sale comes after trust and value is established. Yeah. And trust and value is established in the first seven seconds of meeting them. Yep. As long as you stay top of mind. Well, I, think like you said, I don't think the trust and value is established in the first. The, the opportunity to earn it is established yeah. in the first. The door seconds. opens for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But then you got to perform. And that's where you need somebody like us with the reputation behind you. 40 that, years experience, 30,000 transactions. Right. You know, the, the, the possibility is open. They say, you know what? I think I trust this person. Yep. And that's the first sale, right? Yep. They're, then they're going to go through the Craig's point, step. the logical saying, but I like him, but does he have any shit behind him that's going to help me sell my house? And then that's where the Century 21 arsenal comes in. That's where the Baggins are. So that's where the, the YouTube channels and the international marketing and all of the blah, 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 blah comes in to say, I like him and he has that. No brainer. Where do I sign? Right? That's the whole thing. And a lot of people miss that. Right. And they think that they don't need all the logical stuff. So I'm amazed at how well, many Well, you don't need all the logical there. stuff if you're only going to putz around with your friends and do three or four deals a year. But if yeah. you're a salesperson that wants to do the challenge and find buyer or seller a week, you've got to have a logic stack behind you. You have, yes, right? you yeah. do. And that's where your self-awareness comes in. If you're the, if you're the um, what did you call the hobbyist, just doing a couple of deals a year with friends that fall on your lap. Yeah, you don't need to do any of this. You don't need to do any. Stop of this. watching us. You're, you're, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you really call don't. Your friends. Yeah, you don't but need. This. If you want to actually earn business and create a business and create a business, then you have to you have to man up and get some support. Well, and here's an interesting thing that a lot of agents don't consciously think about. So you don't need all of the stuff, but you you're either competing on well, value like, or you're competing on price. Well, it's like the Verizon so, guy when it comes to Verizon. It's called now Spectrum guy. You know, he comes with his tool belt. He's got all those friggin' tools. Yeah. And all he's doing is plugging in your router. He doesn't need any of those tools. But if the opportunity arises, he's got the tool that he needs to fix the problem. That's right. And that's kind of what we have. We have all this crap. But we don't need it all. But if the opportunity arises and the seller says... You don't need it all every time. But right. it's good to yeah. have it because you're going to yeah, use it. Yeah, at some point you might need it. But when yeah. you're, if an agent is out there without all the tools, their only option for a sale is, I know I don't have a lot of tools, but I'll do it for cheap. Right. Yeah. Right? And then that's the downside of this industry is a lot of times the customer doesn't understand that a empty tool belt is worthless, right? Yeah. They just assume that just because you have a tool belt that you, you can do the job. So yeah. that's the problem. A lot of people go out there and say, well, I can do it for less. Or if you're watching and you talk to agents that they can do it for less, we just talk about make sure you know what that it is, yeah. right? Because if you can't compete on the true service and agency and single agency and bring in all of the international marketing, the representation. And just the representation and contract knowledge. I mean, also alone. get you an extra 1% of your pocket just by representing you properly. Right. Well, I think that all, it all circles back to if you want to do 40 deals or 30 deals or even 20 deals for that matter, make sure you have the right structure behind you, right? Make, take, a, take a hard look at, at what your broker, your business partner is providing. Make sure that, it, that it's enough to, to execute on what you want to do. And if you only want to do five, ten deals, 
and you feel like you've got the support to do that or you've been doing it and you're happy where you're at, by all means, stay, right? Stay put. But if not, there's a lot of other brokerages that I'm sure can give you that support in your area. Mm -hmm. Go talk to them. Look at your options if you truly want to get to that next level because you're not going to be able to do 40 deals without any support. Without the right business partner. Yeah, without that right. If you're going to be a hobbyist, do what you're you're, doing. You're fine. If you're going to build a business, build a get get the right business partner. That's, That's my... Parting thought. Yeah, so yeah, mine as well. Closing thoughts, Mr. Baggins? I want to find some entrepreneurs. That's right. That's it. I think we got No, it. I'm serious. I think for quarter three, we need to come up with that challenge. How many people do you think we could get to come up with one, to sign on for a pledge to find one buyer or seller a week? Sure. We for 13 weeks in quarter office. three. Well, I think when we back up to the beginning, are you able to do that if you are you self-awareness wise are you are you physically able with time wise yeah. and do you have enough but would it be nice for us to know and really dedicate our time and talents to helping those people get it that's it who's the who are the entrepreneurs who are they yeah and entrepreneurs want it well, so yeah. entrepreneurs want it yeah there it is that's so our new sign entrepreneurs want a business partner ready yeah right? that's what we do and so we'll we'll get we, we get them to the next level so yeah our point in closing thoughts i think is just really figure out what you're doing guys to to be in this industry right now with consumer confidence at the highest levels with stock markets screaming and i no credit card debt have a big savings account that's right because there will be a time where it's not like this so if you're not stockpiling massive amounts of cash during this stage of this market you're going to be kicking yourself in the ass so even if you don't have that massive why it should be to ride out any downturn that comes into the future. So yep. um, if we can help, let us know. Well, if not, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and if you're if you're an agent and you're curious about the personality profile, I don't care what market you're in, go to joinc21beggins.com, take the 18 questions. We'll get a, a personality profile, your personality profile sent to us, and then we can have a conversation. We'll tell you what it is, go over it, what that means for you. And, and if you're in yeah. a different market completely, great. Yep. We'll, Go find a business partner, but at least you'll know what personality type you are. That's right. Thanks for watching. Yep. Have a great See day. See you next week. See you guys. We got a call in 45 minutes and yeah. food.